The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. Pastor said my name is Ryan. I'm the youth pastor. And just real quick before we get started, since I am the youth pastor, this is my chance to plug student ministry real quick. Um, also in that bulletin he was referencing, there's a little uh, summer calendar for our WAVE student ministry. So if you are a student, have a student, know a student, whatever it is, uh, we've got a lot of awesome, fun summer events uh, coming up all there, right there on that calendar. Uh, if you have any questions, let me know. Instagram, all that stuff is on um, that little insert. So make sure you check that out. Um, but again, good morning. Um, happy Memorial Day weekend. Um, I don't know about you, but at least for me, uh, there's something different about a Sunday when you know you don't have work on Monday. Is that true? Yeah? I get excited. Right? So you, you have church and, and lunch, and then you go home, and you can take a nap, and your nap could be extra long, and you wake up, you don't have to get ready for Monday. It's just... It's awesome. So I'm excited for that. Hope you are too. Um, but tomorrow, not working tomorrow, is not what uh, this weekend is all about. It's not what today is all about. Uh, we're having a great Sunday so far. Worship was awesome. Um, we're con- wrapping up our This is Jesus series this week. Hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, it's been a great couple weeks really discovering who Jesus is, uh, what he looks like in our lives, kind of pushing out what the world says uh, about Jesus and who he is, and just discovering it for yourself. Uh, so it's been an awesome series, and uh, today I just want to take a slightly different approach. I want to kind of wrap everything all together and really look at who Jesus was, his life, uh, the scripture, through a Memorial Day type feel. All right, so now Memorial Day is all about remembering and reflecting. Um, it's really we're, an entire weekend that we've turned in to celebrate and remember those uh, who have served others. Right, we remember and honor those who have died uh, serving this country in the armed forces. And, and what a great holiday, right? It's a great to remember this. And it's, it's honestly one that I think so easily translate to the message of who Jesus is uh, that it's almost like we did it on purpose, right? It's almost like we meant for this series to fall on Memorial Day because it so closely ties together. Right? But this idea of remembering, of reflecting, of taking time to, to slow down and understand, that's the lens that I want to kind of examine Scripture through this morning. Right? And so to tie all of it together again, I want to start with the main idea behind Memorial Day. Right? So it's a time to celebrate people who have made a sacrifice and served others so that they could then in turn live a better life. Right? The idea of sacrificing for others to live a better life. We have the privilege of living in the United States, and even with all the craziness going on, all the crazes in this world, I think it's safe to say that we can all agree um, that part of living this better life that so many people sacrifice for is, of course, living here, being in this country. And so what's crazy is that Jesus Christ did the same exact thing that Pastor Chris said. Right? It's a verse we use all the time here at Coastal John 10.10. 10. It says, I have come so that they might have life and have it to the fullest. Jesus Christ came so that we might have life, a full life. And that's what we want. I think that's what we all want. Right? That's what Jesus wants for us, a full, uh, abundant, overflowing life. And what's sad, I think, is a lot of people think they have this. Right? A lot of people think they have this amazing life. But a lot of times, it's not the life that God has planned for us. The life that he has planned for us, his life, you know, is marked by his, his goodness and his grace and his power and strength and mercy. Right? That's the life that God has designed for us. It's for us to pro- uh, prosper, 
and flourish, not for us to just uh, exist or survive, not for us to just make it through. Right? That's the main difference. And so we believe here at Coastal that the way that we experience this life, right, this life that God has created for us specifically is to, by understanding it. Right? We, we can't truly experience it uh, until we understand what it's all about. Right? And so we can understand it by looking at how Jesus Christ himself modeled it, how he lived his life. Right, so again, to take a look back, to reflect and remember, to see how life uh, that we've been given is supposed to actually look. That's what I want to do specifically this morning. And so when we do that, I think we bring up a very real, uh, but oftentimes sad question. Right, and the question is, why is there such a difference? Why is there such a gap between this life that God provides, right, the abundant, full, overflowing life? Why is there such a difference between that and the life that we live every day, right? Our daily lives, right? If we are Christians and we read our Bible and we do good and we go to church and we worship and we pray and we do all this good stuff, right? Why isn't this life a reality for us? Right? Why does it often feel like our life doesn't, you know, portray the one that God has for us? In all honesty, I think it's that, or part of it, is that we don't realize what we don't realize, Right? Oftentimes, we try to define ourselves and everything that we do by the happenings of the world, by the standards of this world. That's not what God intended. And I think there's one more uh, really strong point, but I'm going to kind of hit on it a little bit later uh, in the message. So how many of you this morning, um, your life just feels like an endless cycle of the same old thing? Is that Anybody? You just feel like your life is always the same day after day, you know, kind of week after week, Monday through Friday, the work week's the same. You get to the weekend, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of just like a hamster wheel and you just keep on spinning. I think a lot of people feel like that. Even if they don't want to admit it, I think a lot of people do. I've never really uh, experienced the phenomenon more than a certain specific situation that kind of happens to me and my wife every afternoon. That's what happens is I get home a little bit earlier with our daughter and I'm sitting there hanging out and then my wife comes in from work and, you know, she sees her daughter and we're playing, everybody's hanging out, having fun and we feed Ellie and we put her to bed, right? And then we finally, she's in bed and we get down and we're still on the couch and we're both tired, but we're also both starving, right? Does anybody know where I'm going with this, right? And so we're sitting there, we're both tired and then we're waiting on someone else to finally first, to first say it, right? And it's, what do you want to do for dinner? Does anybody else believe that that's like 90% of all marriage arguments, in the world is what's going to be for dinner. And so it only happens we're sitting on the couch and you know, I'm probably more hungry. So I go, well, what do you want to do for dinner? And then it's, Ugh, right. And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. She's like, well, go check the freezer. And so I go over there. And for some reason, we always have frozen chicken. I had a big bag from Costco. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A frozen chicken. I'm like, frozen chicken. And I'm like, what we can do with the frozen chicken? She says rice. And I'm like, Ugh. right. And then she's like, well, you figure it out. I'm like, I don't know. And it just turns into a big thing. Right. And then Tuesday comes around. It's the same thing. Luckily, for Wednesdays, I have youth groups, so I normally pick up Chick-fil-A on the way home, but then as I wrote that, I remembered that Wednesdays stopped last week. So now Wednesday's open too. So it's, it's going to be crazy to figure out. It's gonna, it'll be interesting. I'll let you know. But I think this happens for a lot of people, right? Same old, same old. Maybe that's not you, though. Maybe your life is more like a rush, like, kind of like a straight line, like where a hamster wheel spinning, yours is just a straight line that never stops. Right? Maybe there's always a next step for you. There's always a next goal to reach. You can never you know, keep still and never stop and slow down and enjoy because you're always reaching. You're always searching. There's always something next. 
Right? Maybe that's you. Maybe for you it's not so cynical. Maybe it's you feel like life never stops hitting you. Right? Trial after trial, struggle after struggle. Like clearing one hurdle only to get hit with two more. You know, maybe you know, it's dealing with a, a health issue just to get hit with a financial one. Right? Or going through a relationship problem only to get double whammied when you lose your job. Right? A lot of people go through this. And maybe that's your life. It's just a blur, one way or another, good or bad. But if your life falls into either one of those categories, I promise that's not the life that God has intended for you. And not saying that a godly life is going to be a perfect life, because it's, it's obviously not. You're still going to have your lows, you're still going to have your trials and your struggles. But what happens is when you have this godly life, you then have the access to the power and strength and wisdom to dig yourself back up, right? to dig out of your hole. And what happens is it creates this, this rhythm, this up and down of life. And that's what Jesus has designed for us. There's a really cool verse in Matthew 11, or a couple of verses, 28 through 30. Um, and this is from the message. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Right, so God says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And he says, not only that, but watch how I do it. Right, Jesus Christ literally lives out the example. Right? He said, no secret code, no hoops to jump through, no, do this and I'll tell you this secret. Right, he says, watch and learn. And you think about in the Bible, in the story of Jesus, there's so many stories, and most of the ones that we know are where Jesus is always just going. Right? He's always making moves town to town, like saving lives, performing miracles. He's partying, he's turning water into wine. Right? Jesus is always going. But there's also just as many stories and times where Jesus slowed down. And he created the up and down, the, the fast and slow rhythm of life that we're designed to have. Jesus was just like us in these moments. Because if you think about it, Jesus knows there's work to be done. Right? He knows that there are crowds waiting for him everywhere he goes. He knows that there are, you know, people need to be healed and, and demons need to be you know, cast out and, and lessons need to be taught. I'm sure everywhere he went, the crowds that were asking him for, for healing, I'm sure they were all just overwhelmed and he wanted to heal everyone. Right? But Jesus himself knew that he had to slow down. There were times where you see in the Bible, he just went off on his own. He went with a small group of his friends to really just be alone, reflect, and pray, to understand what was going on around him. And so this is what we have to do as well. And sometimes we just have to slow down and try and remember and reflect and meditate and just try and understand the things that are going on around us. And so one of the best ways to do that is to, like I said, look and see how Jesus did it. And then not only how he did the same thing, but how he actually did it in one of the most extreme set of circumstances possible. Right, we can look and, and learn so much from but seeing how Jesus lived out his last moments right, in the story of the Last Supper. Right, it's a great example of this. And so the Last Supper literally takes place the night before. Right, Jesus is to be tortured and crucified Right, the final night, Jesus' last night on earth. It's really a night where he could have been doing anything. 
right? He could have been going crazy trying to stop his death. He could have been getting his affairs in order, getting ready to die. He could have been just living it up, right? He could have been turning all the water into wine. Jesus could have been doing anything he wanted to do. But instead of doing all this, he brought his friends together to slow down and remember. And so today I want to try and combine all these things just real quickly and show you who Jesus is by going back and reflecting and remembering. We're remembering on Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend. We remember every Sunday through communion, the Last Supper. And we take these lessons, learn through remembering and reflecting and being grateful, and we can actually put them into practice in our daily lives. So that's the goal uh, for this morning. So really quick, let's just, I just want to look at the story of the Last Supper. It's actually not the whole story. Um, just one quick instance that happens kind of within the story. And so I'm going to read it, just follow along, because I want to try and paint a picture of, of what happens. And so it's John 13, starting with verse 1. It says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And then Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew uh, who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Right, so this is what this, this man, Jesus Christ, is doing right before he is about to be tortured, murdered, and be a part of the greatest moment in the history of the world. And so we, as we look back on this story, what are some different uh, remembrances or some reflections uh, that we can really take to heart? Right, and that we can take to heart and see if this was the reality then. In those situations, maybe it should be my reality now. Or maybe, you know, if it meant so much back in these extreme circumstances, if it meant so much to Jesus then, maybe it should mean something to me now. And so looking at this scene, this story, what can we reflect on? And what can we look back and remember that can really make a difference in our lives? I think the first and most important is that in all honesty, we really see who Jesus is. Right, we see who Jesus is. That's the whole point of this series. Right, we see who Jesus is in his purest, realest form. Think about it. There's that saying, that, you know, your life flashes before your eyes before you die. Right? 
These are the moments before Jesus was going to die. And he was a man, a God who could see everything. He knew everything that was going to happen. And what did he do? He still served his people. He still washed his friends' feet. Like how many of you, that would be the last thing you want to do? Right, you're about to die, your bucket list thing, top of the bucket list says, wash my friend's feet. Probably not. And if you really think about it, before any blood was spilled, before any lies were told, before any cup was filled or bread was broken, we get to see who Jesus is and what he does. Right? He is demonstrating it. He is living it out. And we look up at this story and we see who Jesus is. If you, also, you know, if, if you do think about it a different way, I think a lot of people see Jesus a different way. Whether it's how you were brought up, um, or maybe it's how you learned about Jesus later in your life when you came to know him. I think a lot of people see Jesus as this scary, judgmental God casting lightning bolts down from heaven. I think a lot of people see Jesus as like a long-haired hippie sitting on a rock holding a lamb, right, talking to some kids. I think that's, that's for a lot of people. I think a lot of people see Jesus as nothing more than really a distant God who lives up in heaven, and he sounds good in theory, but you don't see how he can do anything with your life. But I think there's also people right, who see Jesus as their best friend. They have a relationship when they know him and they know he's always there for them. And, and think about it, I think I, I can also see people, people trying to pick the story apart. Right, for those people that say Jesus was nothing more than just a crazy guy who, who got this following, this cult following, they say he knew he was about to die, so this is all for show. Right, it's just an act. He knew it would be written down. He knew exactly how he wanted it to play out in the stories, and so it was all a show. But tell me if this isn't true. I think we find out who we are, or we find out who someone else truly is when they're under the most pressure. Right? I think you find out who you truly are when you're under the, the most pressure. Their nature, true nature comes out. And guys, Jesus is about to die. In 18 hours, this man is going to be taken and tortured and crucified. He's going to lose his friends. The same friends that he's washing the feet of now are going to deny him, right? He's going to be taken. He's going to be put through all these trials. He's going to be beaten. He's going to carry his own cross up to the top of Calvary where he's going to be hung on it. He's going to have, you know, spikes put through his hands and his feet. He's going to have a spear stabbed in his side. It's going to be literally the most torturous way that the Roman people could think of to die. That's what he was about to go through. And it's not even just physically. It's spiritually and emotionally because he was about to, this man version of God, right, was about to shoulder the sins of all of humanity and have to pay, uh, face his perfect heavenly father. Right, that's some intense pressure. That's something that we can never imagine. And in that, what does Jesus do in his last moments? He serves. He loves we saw it in that first verse there, John 13, 1, it said, he loved his people to the end. That's who Jesus is. The only thing on his mind and in his heart was his love for people. Right? His love for you. And that's good news. That's something worth remembering on and, and reflecting on. You know what else you can see uh, in this moment? It's something else worth uh, reflecting on is perhaps one of the simplest and easy examples of the gospel 
uh, being lived out and shown. Right, we see that Jesus actually lived out the gospel. Right, he didn't just talk about it. He didn't just show it in a picture or whatever. He didn't just tell a story about it. He actually lived it out. Right, the truest and realest, most practical form of the gospel I think we'll ever see. I think about it. Um, I've never uh, actually been to Israel. Um, our church went on a trip a, a couple months ago. I'm, I think it was awesome. And it, I, I was kind of upset because I was, when we first planned the trip a couple years ago, I was like, oh yeah, Israel, so excited, going to go to Israel. And then uh, God was like, ha ha, you're going to have a baby girl who due dates the same time as the trip. And I was like, uh, guess I'm not going to Israel. Um, it was all right, just a little bitter. Um, I'll just remind her about it later on. Um, no, I'll get to go again. But from what I've heard about Israel, right, what I've heard, it's kind of a dusty, maybe a little dirty place, right? I heard it yeah back there. <laughs> He's been. But uh, it's kind of dusty, kind of dirty. And so imagine this, you're in Israel and you're not allowed to drive, right? There's no cars, there's no buses, there's no planes, there's no Uber, no Lyft. You can only walk everywhere. Right? And not only can you only walk, but you're only allowed to wear some Jesus mandals, Right? You know, kind of talk about with your toes all sticking out, right? All these openings, right? Those are the shoes you're only allowed to wear, and you can only walk around Israel in this dust and this dirt. I promise your feet are probably going to be a little ripe, right? A little stinky, a little nasty, a little dirty. Right? And so at the time of the Last Supper, uh, this time we're talking about in this story, it was customary for the lowest ranking member at the event or in the house, oftentimes a slave, to wash the feet of everyone present, Right, and so in this story, no one has washed their feet yet. They're eating, they're starting to eat, no one's washed the feet. And so Jesus gets up, right? He puts a towel around his waist, he gets a bucket of water, and he goes over to his friends and says, give me them toes, right? I'm gonna wash your feet. Think about that, the same God who created the world and put the stars into space is the same God who's now on his hands and knees scrubbing dirt off the heels of his friends, Right, that's a different level of service. And it's crazy. And in the story, he goes to Peter. And Peter's like, Jesus, come on, man. Like, you ain't scrubbing my feet, dude. Like, I'm not going to let you do that. And then Jesus, and then Jesus does it, right? He explains it. He portrays it. He presents the entire gospel message in perhaps the most practical and easy way to see ever. Verse 8, he says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless I wash it, you have no part with me. And then Peter tries to hit him again. He says, well, I guess I need a whole bath then, right? Wash my head, wash my hands, wash all of me. And then Jesus explains it further. He says, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet, right? Their whole body is clean. Jesus is saying, you know, what I am doing for you, this act of service I am performing is all you need. You are now clean. You can't make yourself clean. You can't do enough good works. You can't cancel out enough bad things. There is nothing you can do to make yourself clean. Right? Only I can. And Jesus is showing that in the last moments of his life, there is nothing more that he wants to do than to show love, right? to serve, to make others clean. And that's the whole essence of the gospel. That is the gospel message right there. That's something worth reflecting on. That's something worth remembering. Nothing more and nothing less than Jesus Christ has saved us.
given us a place in heaven and made us clean when there was no way that we could ourselves. And then there's, there's one more thing I want us to reflect on, one more thing that we can notice and remember when we look uh, at the story of the Last Supper. It's that this is a challenge. Jesus is challenging you personally. He's challenging me. He's challenging all of us. Every single person that claims to know Christ. We just saw that there is nothing more, nothing less than Christ we need in our lives. And so in the story, you know, Christ gives us a purposeful challenge, like a loving and nurturing challenge, but also a forthright one. Once we know this God, once we have experienced his life, our lives should be nothing more and nothing less than living out this example. Living out the example that Jesus himself lived out in the final moments of his life. Verse 15 said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. He says, as I have served you, you should serve others. We must serve one another. We must be servants. We must have a servant's heart. And guys, in just being brutally honest with you this morning, I think a lot of people do this maybe. If, if you and you just say, you know, serving is not really my thing. You know, I don't really have time for it. Maybe it's even kind of a little bit beneath me. If that's you this morning, at some point, you've honestly just missed it. You've, you've missed the point. You've lost your understanding of the gospel message. Right? We saw it in the story. You know, it is, it's not something that we just have to say, oh, you know, I saw Jesus did that in the story, and I want to be more like Jesus, so maybe I should do it. Now, he takes it a step further. In the story, he says, did you see me? Did you see what I just did? Hours away from torture and death on my hands and knees, scrubbing the dirt off of some nasty feet. He said, did you see that? And then he says, now it's your turn. And now it's your turn to serve. Because wrapping it all back up, you know, into the beginning, the way we talked about, the only way to experience the true, abundant, full, overflowing life that we've referenced is to give yours away. Right, to give yours away in service. Because right, hear this, if you want to be successful in life, right, if you want to be successful, you would never achieve success if your success is defined by the things of this world. Right? You know, success to God or greatness to Jesus is in serving. It's in loving people and serving people. And really, that's what we're all about here at Coastal. At our whole motto is we see that we exist to share, you know, and experience God's life and love with Charleston in the world. That's why we do everything that we do. Right? Loving people and serving people. That's why we do Saturday Serve on the first Saturday of every month all throughout the year. And that's actually why we take an entire month in the summer and we dedicate it uh, to giving back, to gaining life by giving it away. It's, it's summer of impact. It's such a big deal here at Coastal that we actually want to take a couple quick uh, minutes um, and, and give you a little more information, let you hear uh, what it's really all about. And so I actually want to invite uh, Chris Jones. Good morning. Um, 
before Christ would begin his earthly ministry, anyone who wanted to be a follower of God would have to follow about 600 Old Testament laws, rules, and regulations in order to maintain a proper fellowship with him. So you might be thinking with me saying that to you, what on earth does that have to do with Saturday serve and summer of impact? Well, the reality of the matter is simply this. It has to do with everything. You see, Christ would come to this earth so that he would offer eternal life to anyone who would receive and believe on him. And if Christ were not to do anything else than to redeem all of humanity, then that would be enough. But Christ would, in fact, even do more so. He would do more so by taking those over 613 Old Testament laws, rules, and regulations that people had to follow and keep to maintain fellowship with God and reduce them down to two. 613 down to two. The first one is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second, he said, is equally important, meaning it has the same weight as the first. And that is to love your neighbor as yourself. Now we think about loving our neighbor and we think about the people who are sitting to our left or to our right. We think about some of our friends. We may think about a few of our coworkers. We may even think about our families. But if you were to think about it for a moment, if you were a student of God's word, you would know that a lawyer would eventually come to Christ and try to trip him up with a simple question. Who is my neighbor? To which Christ would respond, everyone is our neighbor. Everyone, Coastal, is our neighbor. Those who are addicted, those who are homeless, those who are downtrodden, those who are abused, those who think the way we do, and those who do not. These folks are all our neighbors. And Christ has called each and every one of us to serve them and to love them just as we love our own selves. And one thing that we can say about Coastal is that we desire to be a church that reaches the community with the message of Christ. And more so than that, we are a church that wants to be the one that's out in the community demonstrating mercy, demonstrating grace to those that are out there that are hurting. And so that is really the essence of what Saturday Serve and Summer of Impact is all about. In just one week, and actually it's less than a week, this church will roll up its sleeves and saturate our community with projects that help those same people that we just talked about. Those who are homeless, those who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, those who are dealing with mental health uh, problems. We're going to be in nursing homes tending to those who are sick. We're going to be preparing meals for those who have been in abusive relationships. But it's going to require all of us it's going to require everyone at Coastal to make the kind of impact that we, desire to, that we desire to make. Many people have already signed up, and we thank you for that. However, there are a couple of projects out there that we really need help in filling. 
And one of those is Low Country Orphan Relief. Another one is out at the Low Country Food Bank. The other is Project Blessing Boxes. Essentially, the first two projects is this. You're going to go over to their distribution center, and you're going to help either sort food for those in the Charleston Tri-County area who are food insecure, or you're going to be helping to sort out clothing and toys for children that are in dire situations. The other project that I would like to share with you is Project Blessing Boxes. Basically, what's going to happen over the course of the month, on Thursday night, they're going to construct from scratch blessing boxes that are going to go out into the community, and they're going to stock them with food items that anyone at any time can go out and take what they need. And it is our hope that once we get these blessing boxes put in place, it'll become a regular part of Coastal's ministry. But we need your help to do it. And as Pastor Ryan shared in his message, and he's sharing with us today, Christ served to the very end. And he's simply calling us, you and I, friends, to do the same thing. There's still time to sign up. And you can sign up one of three ways. You've got your Connect card in your hand. You can fill that out, indicating which project you want to sign up for. You can go online to coastalcommunitychurch.org forward slash outreach and sign up there. Or you can stop by the coastal tent right outside and we'll be out there for both services. Again, we gain life, the abundant life that Christ talks about when we give our life away. And I pray and I hope that you'll sign up and get involved today. God bless you. Thanks, Chris. And so that's just our challenge here for you today. Uh, We say it all the time. Um, We talk about serving, but our challenge is for you to just specifically get involved. Whether it's here at Coastal on Sunday morning or specifically, you know, our summer of impact. The challenge is just for you to get involved. And so I'm going to pray for us now this morning, and then I'll I'll let you know what you're going to do after that. Father God, uh, we just thank you for this day. for this people that are here, God. And specifically on this Memorial Day weekend, uh, we thank you for all those that have come before, uh, that have paid the ultimate price in preserving our freedom and giving us this life that we know today. God, we thank you for all those people and their families. God, we thank you for your son and sending him to pay the even ultimate price. God, so that we would have a life uh, of, of abundance and an overflowing life and a full life, the life that you created for us originally. And even though we try so hard to mess it up, God, help us to just know that you are always there. You're always bringing us back. God, you're going to give us the strength and the wisdom so no matter what we face in our life, we'll be able to dig ourselves out. We'll be able to overcome. God, help us to just establish the rhythms of grace that you have planned for us. To know that even the bad times are going to be good and the slow and the fast and just put it all together in our life and live a life according to you, serving others, loving others. And help us to just put that into practice every single day of our lives. And help us to remember that. Help this summer, God, this, this time of summer impact and help our, our outreach and our, you know, our effort uh, to just be amazing here in Charleston and even beyond. God, help us to remember all these things as we go forward this week. And again, just bless our time, our service this summer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You've been listening to a message from Coastal Community Church. 
For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.